for me, I was always such a huge sports fan, and I know a lot of other guys that went and played college sports. I mean, we watched the Fiesta Bowl. I mean, I remember watching Fiesta Bowl games. I remember watching, you know, as a kid growing up, that's what you dream about is to be able to play in a game like that. Welcome, and thank you for joining us for this edition of the Fiesta Bowl Football Focus Podcast, where we visit with some of the top coaches, players, and industry leaders across college football. I'm Scott Lightman with the Fiesta Bowl, and we're excited for this conversation with 1994. Fiesta Bowl offensive MVP, Peter Tom Willis, quarterback from Florida State University. He will share his thoughts on growing up in Alabama, watching Joe Willie Namath in person, what it was like playing for Hall of Fame coach Bobby Bowden, and his record-setting Fiesta Bowl performance. PT, thank you for joining us today and uh, taking us down memory lane. Thanks. I'm glad to be here. So you grew up in Alabama as a quarterback, football quarterback in, in Alabama. So how does the football quarterback, uh, standout high school senior, wind up at Florida State? Well, that's a great question. I've been asked that many times. And, and really the main, main thing that shocks people is I actually used to uh, sell programs at the Alabama games growing up. So, you know, I grew up, uh, you know, liking Alabama and Auburn. But uh, at the time I was coming out of high school, neither one of, of the programs threw the ball very much. So, um, you know, really what it came down to is I, I love Coach Bowden. I love Tallahassee. And. Uh, Florida State threw the football, and if I'd have gone to Alabama or Auburn, I would have been handing the ball off a lot. Well, it certainly sounds more fun to pass the ball than to hand it off. But as a, as an Alabama spectator and being in, in the stadium selling programs, you know what's one Alabama football in person memory that you have? Oh, geez, there were so many. Uh, I, I just always remember some of the best games were uh, uh, in Legion Field in Birmingham and. Uh, I remember, you know, Alabama always kind of seemed to have their way with Penn State. It was kind of funny. And then um, it seemed like they always were able to beat Penn State. They had so many good teams. But on the on the opposite side, it's like Notre Dame had Alabama's number. Every time they came in, they were able to beat Alabama. And I, I think that's uh, probably the things I remember the most. Uh, maybe one singular moment was uh, I always grew up a huge Joe Namath fan. And I remember as a kid, uh, I was probably in junior high school, and I just remember Joe Namath walking in and, and getting to see him. So that was that was a pretty cool moment for me. Well, Joe Namath had a pretty standout quarterback career at Alabama and then with the Jets. And you had a, a quarterback career in, in college in the NFL as well. So what did what influence did seeing Joe Namath in an Alabama uniform front and center play on you in your career? Well, I think the biggest thing to me is um, – you know, grew up in Alabama, football is such a big sport. Um, it is, uh, you know, really supported by all the, the towns. I grew up in a small town outside of Birmingham. And, um, you know, just to see players like Kenny Stabler, Joe Namath, Richard Todd, uh, Pat Sullivan, some of the guys that were just truly great quarterbacks come out of the state, um, you know, always gave me confidence that, hey, uh, you know, these guys did it. I, I have the opportunity to do it as well. You know, of course, Joe Namath came from, from Pennsylvania, but, but went through Alabama. Uh, you know, those other guys uh, played high school football there in the state. Let's get into your uh, your Florida State career. And you, you referenced Coach Bowden earlier on as a big reason why you went to Tallahassee. Describe Coach Bowden and what made him so unique and successful. Well, it's just, it's not a knock against all the other coaches that I got recruited by, but, you know, he just had that special personality. I just think he was a good man. He, you know, again, made me feel at home right off the bat. Uh, Tallahassee, kind of the city of Tallahassee, the people of Tallahassee, 
uh, also made me feel at home. I just think, honestly, more than anything else, it was just a, a situation where I felt very comfortable with Coach Bowden, and I felt comfortable there at Florida State. I hate to, you know, make it sound dramatic or whatever the, the, the word is to use, but uh, I just felt like it was the right place, and I knew it almost uh, instantaneously when I took my visit there. I'm sure that happens with other people. Some people, it probably takes longer to figure it out, but uh, after taking my visit there and meeting him and, and meeting some of the assistant coaches, I just knew right away it was the right place for me. So we as college football fans get a small snapshot of Coach Bowden's personality that you touched upon just a few minutes ago. I mean, we've heard the dag gummits and, and some of the other <laughs> things that he said. What are some of the other uh, sayings or, or catchphrases from Coach Bowden that were the funniest to you over your four-year career there? Well, it's funny, you know, I, I was redshirted, so I was there for five years. And, and it, I always thought it was kind of cool to watch the younger guys when they came in and they started listening uh, to Coach Bowden because, you know, and I'm sure this is all coaches, they, they kind of have their own sayings that they, they say and they typically repeat, especially in pregame speeches or, well, you know, even when we played home games, we'd go and stay in a hotel out of town the night before. So we always heard the, the Friday night speeches before the games too. And, you know, one of the things to me that, that always cracked me up was he would, he would uh, always say if we were leading at halftime, men, if they don't score, we're going to win this game. So it's just things like that, that he would say, um, you know, the other thing that I always felt like coach Bowden was that um, he was like a second father to, to a lot of us. I mean, we're all, away from home, away from our parents. And I always felt like he was a fatherly figure to all of us, um, more than just football. If we had an issue, we could go into his office and talk about it. And I think that's one of the reasons so many parents felt very comfortable with their kids going to school there and playing for him. Back when you were on campus in Tallahassee, uh, Florida State was one of the nation's dominant college football teams. What was it like being the quarterback at Florida State University? It was awesome. I mean, it was uh, it was tough to get that position. <laughs> you know, we had some good good players there, and um, you know, it took me a while uh, to get to be uh, the number one quarterback. But I think just uh, you know, 1985 class that came in, we were the number one recruiting class in the country, um, and I think it just started building from that point. In the competition, every single day, um, just makes you better. I mean, when you're throwing against Deion Sanders every day, uh, you're going against all these guys that, that are end up going to play uh, on Sundays and every day in practice. It just it, it makes you into a better player. And, and I feel very fortunate that I was put in that situation that, you know, a lot of times before I became the starter, I was the second string quarterback. And a lot of times the second string offense went against the first team defense. And uh, it was just a, a great opportunity for me to to get better and, and just, you know, every single day work towards that to, to get to get better and give myself a chance to be the starter. So you just said it, that it took a little bit to, to get rolling for you. Uh, and I think you'd, your college career is a little unique in that way and that your first and only season as a starting quarterback at Florida State was as a senior. Um, you backed up Chip Ferguson and, and Danny McManus, who had a standout game in the 1987-88 Fiesta Bowl uh, here in Arizona. So describe your college career and maybe what separated itself to to break out in that in that senior year where you got the spotlight and you really took advantage of it and had a had a broke fifteen records. 
Well, I think one thing that is hard for people to understand if you're not in a situation where you're competing and, and playing on a team is, you know, there are a lot of good players on a, on a football team, uh, especially a team with the caliber that we had at Florida State back in that time. And, um, you know, the difference between the starter and the second and third string sometimes is not that that great a difference. Uh, I know when I came into to school, I think I only weighed 170 pounds and physically uh, I probably wasn't ready to compete, but I found myself right as a freshman, uh, Chip Ferguson and I, who came in in 1985 together, were competing for the backup spot uh, behind Danny McManus. And, um, you know, Chip being a little bit more physically ready to play than I did, he, he kind of got the edge on me. And it was like I was fighting uphill the whole way after that. And, you know, I, I always felt like I was as good as whoever was playing. Uh, I felt like I showed that in practice all the time, but, you know, quite honestly, I didn't get that many times to show it in games. Uh, I played a decent amount my redshirt freshman year. I played a decent amount my uh, redshirt junior year. But, you know, like you said, I didn't get a chance to be a full-time starter until my senior year. And so did you feel like it was your team going into camp of your senior year and then how did you attack that senior year now that you knew that you were going to be the guy in the huddle and under center? Well, the number one thing is, is I, even when I was not the starter, I've always had confidence in myself. I think, you know, most athletes do. Um, I definitely think most quarterbacks do. Uh, I always felt like I could do the job. So that part of it, I wasn't that worried about. I also felt very good about going into the season because I, you know, I'd been practicing with these guys and, and playing a decent amount with all the guys that were going to be on this team. I knew that we were going to be good. I knew I had a bunch of uh, athletes on offense that if I did my job and got them the ball, we were going to be successful. So, um, you know, the other big thing for me coming into that year is I just told myself, you know, you're ready for this. Um, you know, don't put too much pressure on yourself you're ready, you can do it, just go in and do the job, run the offense, and, and you know, things are going to go your way. And I, that's really exactly what happened. Uh, I put a lot of work into it, not just my senior year, but, you know, the first four years coming up to it, and I think it got me ready for that season. So let's let's get into the season if we can, uh, PT. Uh, very promising, had a great season the year before Deion Sanders, I think, graduated for, for your senior year, but a strong returning class for some teams that had been in the top two and three in the country. Uh, but you go out in 1989-90 season, and you lose the first two games of the year, uh, including one you know, in Jacksonville to a Southern Miss team back before anyone knew that Favre <laughs> was pronounced Favre and who Brett Favre was, um, and then lost to Clemson. Uh, after you know you're you're coming in with high hopes, strong team, and now you're zero and two. So, what specifically did Coach Bowden or you as the quarterback and the team do to regroup and say we're not going to let the season go? Our national championships hopes may be gone, but we can still have a successful season. And who knows? Maybe at the end of the year, we can still be in contention for the title. Well, I think there's a couple of things that happened. The, the first thing was the, the seniors. We had a meeting with ourselves after the second game and you know we just all made a commitment to each other that we were going to recommit ourselves and make sure that yes we we're going to be vocal leaders but we're going to do it by what we do 
every single day in practice and be be leaders. And you know, those first two games, even though we lost, um, those games could have gone either way. You know, it was a play here, play there. I think part of it also was even though we did have a lot of people coming back, we were talented, we we did miss a lot of guys. And I think we did have some new guys that were coming in and playing. And I think, honestly, at the beginning of the season, we were trying to protect those guys. And I think going into our third game of the season, which was at LSU, it was not an easy game to win. Um, you know, we, we said, hey, we're going back to play Florida State fo- football. We're going we're gonna to play to win. We're going to go after the other team. And you know what? If we lose, we lose. But, but we're going to play Florida State football. And you know, we did. And and it just started building from there. Um, you know, we were down in the fourth quarter against LSU and came back, scored two touchdowns and beat them, which is never easy to do there. So, um, you know, that was kind of the spark that got us going. And we just kept got, getting better every single game and, and building confidence. And we ended up having a great year. PT, what would you say was the turning point in that regular season to get you back on track and to set the team up for a successful finish to the season? Well, I, there's a couple of things. You know, we, we, we go up to Syracuse and play in the Carrier Dome, and this was back when Syracuse was very good. I don't think they had lost there in three years. Um, they were supposed to have an unbelievable offensive line and a good defense, and, and we blew them out. Um, so I think at that point, um, you know, it's like, okay, it's, it's really going now. We go up to Virginia Tech where it's always tough to play. They were had a really good defense, and we blew them out there. And then we had, you know, this was really going to be our season. We played Auburn and Miami back-to-back at home. And, you know, they were both tough games, but we ended up beating both of those those teams, you know, Auburn and uh, Miami back-to-back. Uh, you know, Miami ended up winning the national championship that year, and we still, you know, were able to win those two games. Uh, and then followed up with a big win at Florida, which is never easy. You know, that's our big rivalry game. Um, but um, – I, I think just more than anything, we just kept getting better. And I think the the more we won, the bigger games that we won, the more we felt like nobody was going to beat us. And uh, I think it showed how we played. We just it's like we just took a step uh, every game and, and continued to get back, to get better. Let's go to, right into the Fiesta Bowl since you took us through the season and, and the Miami game. Certainly, I'm sure gave you confidence for the rest of the season. You're playing a strong Nebraska team here in Arizona when Nebraska had a strong team and a strong fan base that traveled. What was the atmosphere like here in Arizona leading into and for the Fiesta Bowl? Oh, it's it's awesome. I mean, I, I just, you know, it's so amazing. I don't know if everybody at the Fiesta Bowl really knew how excited we were when we knew we were getting to come back because it was everybody's favorite bowl and, um, you know, for a lot of us, they got to go uh, the two years prior. Uh, we'd played Nebraska again uh, there. And, it, I mean, we just had such a great time. It's such a great atmosphere. Um, you know, we respect Nebraska so much. Uh, I think in the five years that we played there, uh, or excuse me, the, that I was playing at Florida State, we played Nebraska four times. So this was going to be the fourth time in five years that we played Nebraska. Um, so there's a lot of uh, – uh, respect. We, we knew how good they were. Um, you know, Coach Bowden and Coach Osborne back in the time were very good friends. So there was an extra little uh, thing there. 
you know, you don't like to lose to your enemies, but you really don't like to, to lose to your friends. So, um, you know, there was a lot of incentive for us, um, you know, to go into that game. Um, so once we got to, to Arizona, we knew we were going to have to play our best. Uh, we knew they were going to be ready, you know, us beating them two years ago in it. So uh, we had an unbelie- unbelievable week of practice. Um, it's amazing because typically when you go have that, uh, that period of time where you have finals and everybody goes home for Christmas and you come back, um, you know, you look like you've missed a step or things aren't really right. Uh, I mean, from day one when we came back, I mean, we were we were hitting on all cylinders. So I felt really good going into the game. Um, and, you know, we were all excited to play there and uh, in, in the Fiesta Bowl. In the game itself, you guys found yourself down 7 nothing on the first possession and then were scoreless in the first quarter. Uh, but then you came back and, and personally uh, threw for five touchdown passes, which still stands as a Fiesta Bowl record. What changed in the second quarter, PT? I think more than anything, we just – our way of playing football is attack. And, you know, it's, it's, it's funny. You know, one thing, Nebraska held the ball a little bit longer. So I think a lot of, you know, of that is credited to the way they were playing. But I think if – when I look back at, at – really not just that game and um, my senior year, but really the whole time I was at Florida State, to me, football's a game of attacking. And when you get in the situation that your mentality is that you're going to try to score every time and you're going to be aggressive, you're going to, uh, you know, force the defense to cover the whole field, um, that's when you're going to be successful. And I really felt like that, you know, we kind of um, – you know, we were treading water there at the beginning. We we're trying to say, decide what we're going to do. We maybe were running the ball a little bit more than, than we should have. And then finally, I think, you know, Coach Bowden just, uh, you know, he kind of pull, pulled the chains off of us and let us go. And, uh, you know, we just we started hitting on all cylinders there in the second quarter. And I think really the second and third quarters where we did all our damage, I think we kind of uh, you know started taking some people out and everything in the in the fourth quarter. So, that was really the biggest the biggest thing is is every time we had you know the most success during that 1989-90 season was when we just decided that that we were going to attack and not worry about what the defense was going to do we we're going to play our game so you're happy you're out here at the Fiesta Bowl in Arizona as your bowl destination uh, oh yeah i mean <laughs> i mean how can you not be the weather was absolutely perfect the people are awesome out there I mean, like you said, I mean, Nebraska travels. Our fans traveled very well to that bowl. Um, you know, the the people at the bowl always treated us very well. We always had a couple of uh, uh, different events that were a lot of fun to go to. So, um, you know, like I said, we were – I think we all were cheering when we we found out that that's where we're going to be going again. Talking about the overall bowl experience, why is the bowl game experience important to student athletes? It's it's different than a regular season game, and, and you guys didn't have conference championships back then. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But why is the bowl experience game so important to student athletes? I think it's a couple of things. I think number one, it's a reward for a really good season. Uh, I think especially when you when you go to a go uh, to, a, to a bowl game as prestigious as the Fiesta Bowl, I think it means that you really had an outstanding year. Um, I think you get to play a quality opponent that maybe uh, otherwise you wouldn't get to play. Um, 
you know, even though we did play Nebraska four out of the five years I was there, it, it was not a common opponent that we played, you know, every single year normally. Um, and I think just knowing that in, in a bowl game, you're going to probably get people that are watching that might normally not watch Florida State play football. So I think it's a chance to, um, you know, show your brand to people that aren't normally getting to watch it. Um, you know, and for me, I was always such a huge sports fan, and I know a lot of other guys that went and played college sports. I mean, we watched the Fiesta Bowl. I mean, I remember watching Fiesta Bowl games. I remember watching, you know, as a kid growing up, that's what you dream about is to be able to play in a game like that. So, you know, for me personally, to get to play in the Fiesta Bowl against Nebraska, you know, with, you know, Tom Osborne on the other sideline, Coach Bow, I mean, that's it's a pretty cool thing. So that season – uh, if you, you finish up, you you route Nebraska here. You start off zero and two, and you run the table with a with a win over Miami, uh, a, a national powerhouse. Didn't play Notre Dame, who was the other team in the mix that year. Uh, but a lot of people thought that at the end of the year, Florida State was playing the best and perhaps the best team in the country. What do you think about how the season played out with? kind of Miami and, and Notre Dame having one loss, you having two losses, Miami's only losses to you, uh, and you finished number three. You know, I, I definitely think we were the best team at the end of the year. So if we had the playoff back then, it, it might have, you know, it, it might have been a good thing for us. But, you know, one thing that I think's always, especially back then, not that I don't like the playoff, I do, but I do think the way um, – you know, college football was back then is every game was so important because, you know, you lose too early. I mean, it kind of puts you out of, it. I mean, we fought our way back. If, you know, if, if something would have happened and maybe one other person would have lost, we might've had a chance to be playing for it. So, um, you know, there's good points and bad points. I know this, we, we had the toughest schedule in the country that year. Uh, you know, I named some of those teams we played, but we, we played a lot of really good football teams that year. So, um, you know, maybe there that had something to do with it. But uh, I definitely think that at the end of the year, we, we were playing better and, and we would we would have played anywhere, anybody, anywhere, anytime, um, you know, if we could have kept playing. Thank you for leading into my next question uh, organically in terms of your schedule and how you played the best schedule that year in your mind and the number of quality opponents. What was it like being an independent back then? You know, now everyone's tied into conferences except for Notre Dame, Army, uh, and BYU. But what was it like back then uh, being an independent? There were a lot of them. It it was actually, I think it was awesome. I mean, I think it would be harder now to do it, but um, you know, back when we, I mean, like I said, we played, uh, Clemson, we played LSU, we played Auburn, we played Syracuse, uh, you know, Syracuse was good back then, Virginia Tech, um, you know, Miami, Florida. I mean, we played a very difficult schedule. I mean, I don't know if you were an independent now and you were pretty good if, uh, that many teams would play you. Uh, so it might be hard to get those games, but, um, I thought it was neat um, to be able to do that just because the quality of opponents we got to play. I know a lot of credit goes to Coach Bowden, and and when he got to Florida State, we couldn't get really quality opponents to come to Tallahassee, so he was willing to go play anybody on the road. 
So, you know, I think his, um, you know, the way he scheduled games and, and his willingness to go on the road allowed us to, to start being able to, uh, to schedule quality opponents at home. And uh, it showed that season. I mean, we, we had a very tough schedule. Do you still follow Florida State? Uh, and what are your thoughts sort of on the program uh, post-Coach Bowden? Oh, I absolutely follow the program. Uh, I actually uh, was the uh, the color analyst for the uh, for Florida State Radio for for ten years, so uh, I, I follow it very closely. And um, you know, I I love Coach Bowden. Um, you know, there was some good and bad about how you know he was replaced uh, and stepped down. Um, you know, Jimbo did a good job at the beginning. Uh, we bought Coach Taggart in. Uh, I love Coach Taggart, but you know, we had some issues. Um, and now we got Mike Norvell, who, you know, I think is going to do a really good job. Um, but the key thing is, is recruiting. I mean, you're, you're only, you're only going to be as good as your players. And, you know, for a long period of time, I don't think anybody in the country recruited better than Florida State. And, uh, you know, when that started slipping, uh, the quality of our play started slipping. So, uh, I think the big, big thing for, uh, Coach Norvell is he's going to have to recruit. And uh, we have the players in the state of Florida uh, to be able to do it. I think we're going to have to have the old grassroots uh, situation where we go back and start uh, building those relationships with the high school coaches and uh, in the state of Florida and start getting the best uh, best athletes out of the state. And I think once we do that, we'll, we'll get our program back to where it needs to be. Thank you for that. And, uh... I love talking about the football side of things, but uh, if we can for a moment, let's shift into the kind of the where are they now in your post-playing career life. Um, you've had a little bit of a of a, a lot of stops here and, and some some unique and fun stops. Uh, you were playing, you know, you started on the Celebrity Players Tour while you were with the Bears, and when you were playing arena league football in Tampa Bay um, in the off season, you worked for an irrigation company. Uh, you mentioned Florida State football games, and, and you also did some sales and marketing with a metals company, and now you're with a water damage mitigation company. So I guess if we made a highlight film of your life <laughs> since the Florida, since the Fiesta Bowl uh, win, what would it look like to you? Wow, that's, 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 uh, that's a great question. Uh, you know, first of all, I, I, I just absolutely love playing uh, in Chicago for Coach Dicka, and um, it, was, it was unbelievable just from the sense that – uh, I'm such a sports fan and, uh, you know, watching the bears win the, the 85 Super Bowl and, um, or, or I guess the 85 bears win the 86 Super Bowl. But, uh, you know, I got to play with a lot of those guys. Um, I got to play in the Chicago, which is just, you know, the most unbelievable city. I was so lucky, you know, it didn't, you know, it didn't turn out the way I wanted. Of course, I'd have loved to have been a starter and, and win a Super Bowl and all that, but it was just a, a wonderful experience for me. Um, you know, after that, I, I honestly just hadn't had didn't have football out of my system. Uh, I talked to a lot of people and they, um, you know, they told me, you know, if you still want to play and you can, you need to try to get out of your system. So, uh, you know, I ended up playing three years of arena football uh, with the Tampa Bay Storm. And it, it was a great experience. I met a lot of great people, um, you know, started getting banged up a little bit, which, um you know, I think after my third year, I realized it was time uh, to hang them up. So um, at that point, I, I had a partner and we had an irrigation company uh, for seven years. Um, I ended up selling that back to uh, to my partner. 
And uh, at that time, I was doing the, the radio for Florida State. Uh, and then after that point, I started uh, as a sales manager for a, uh, a steel company, Commercial Metals, uh, for the state of Florida. Uh, I did that for, um, I think, seven years. And, and now I'm a vice president of a, of a water mitigation company here in Florida, Advanced Drying Systems. And it's funny, uh, our, our owner actually was a quarterback with me at Florida State and Casey Weldon. So uh, he and I are, are real good friends and our wives are good friends. So I've had a I've had a kind of all around, uh, you know, I've I've been a little bit everywhere in my in my life. I've enjoyed it all. Uh, You know, you mentioned the celebrity players tour. I love to play golf. I I still play a lot of golf. And, uh, you know, that's my one athletic thing I can still do and, and would play every day if I could. So, Casey Weldon, you beat him out. For the for the starting spot your senior year, didn't you? Does does that still well, come up, or do you still give him some some well, good ribbing about you know, that? Well, well, it's a little bit different. You know, it's a little bit different back then. I mean, you almost had to wait your turn a little bit. You know, and it is so. It, it is funny because he was two years behind me, and 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 we all did compete at everything, not just a quarterback. I mean, we played tennis and basketball, and of course, Brad Johnson was on our team too, who you know won the Super Bowl with the the Buccaneers. So. Um, you know, it, it was it was quite the uh, competitive group there uh, while I was at Florida State. But, you know, it is one thing that is funny about, you know, the days when, when I played and Casey played compared to, to now is, you know, I think the kids are a lot more ready to play when they step, step onto, uh, uh, you know, campus as a freshman now than we were back when, when I was coming out of high school. I mean, when I was coming out of high school, you know, we were probably getting our first, you know, college type coaching uh, when we, we got to college. Nowadays, I mean, with you know, all the camps and everything that are going on now, 707, a lot of these kids, are they're, they're getting that coaching when they're still in high school and they're ready to go. So I think it's a lot easier for, for younger quarterbacks to compete. Uh, when they get to school than it was, I believe, when I was coming up. How would you say your your football career helped your post-football career? You know, maybe what's been the biggest takeaway that you've translated into your business? I think the biggest thing is, is, is you got to, you, you kind of got to put your head down and, and go to work. Um, nothing's going to be given to you. Uh, you know, you shouldn't expect anything. Nobody owes you anything. Um you know, I think the other thing is how to deal with adversity. Uh, I don't care if it's business or sports or what, you're going to go through it. Um, you know, and, and I know in the business world, a lot of times, you know, when you have a um, you have adversity, sometimes it's how you handle the adversity that can that can really build a relationship. So, um, you know, I think sports is great for business. I think there's a lot of there's a lot of similarities in it. Um, and I think the bottom line is, is you know, a lot of people look at athletes and they see that athletic ability and, you know, they think it just comes naturally. And, and there are parts of it that do come natural. But, you know, most people that play at a high level have have put a lot, a lot of hours and work in. And uh, I think if you can take that from your athletic field to the to the business world, uh, you'll be successful. You live in Tampa. Uh, which traditionally, I believe, uh, has been Gators territory, and you're a big, bad Seminole. 
What's it like making a living in, in a quote-unquote hostile environment, uh, especially as a quarterback who, who beat the Gators? Uh, is that still a big deal, or has that settled down a little bit? Well, it is a big deal, and, uh, you know, fortunately we, st- we do have a lot of Florida State fans here, but the worst part is in my own home. So I have two boys. You know, my wife's a, a Seminole we met in college. My oldest son went to Florida State and graduated from Florida State. And my youngest son is an engineering major at University of Florida. So talk about Tampa as one thing, but when you're we're having to deal with it in your own house, especially when the last two years haven't gone our way, it, it's made it pretty tough. But um, you know, I will say this is I it's better when all three schools are good. So we've gone through stages where um, you know all three of us were good, and then we went through stages where you know two of us might be good now i mean basically florida's pretty good and the other two are not so i just want to get it back to where all three schools are good it's a lot more fun when we used to say it all the time you know the the national championship went through the state of florida uh i think everybody in florida wants to get back to that that situation again what benefits does being a florida state hall of famer get you um you know i i think the one thing to me is it i just it makes me proud for the guys that I played with, you know, cause I, I really think if, if you're a quarterback for a football team, you know, I, yes, I take some, definitely take some pride in it myself personally, but you know, football is the ultimate team sport. I think if, you know, me getting put in the hall of fame, I think I hope all my guys that I played with on that 1989 football team take some pride in it. And know, Hey, you know, yeah, you know, you know, PT has got his name on the, you know, the hall of fame stone or whatever, but, um, you know, this was a team, uh, a team that achieved it. And, uh, you know, I was very fortunate that I played with a lot of, you know, great guys and good players. And, um, you know, I'm just proud that I could re- represent them in the school in the right way. Let's say for bowl season, not for regular season, but for bowl season, you could change or create one rule in college football. What would it be? If I could create one rule is that you can't kick field goals or extra points. Um, I just think it would be a lot more interesting or make it to where you can only kick in um, a field goal in the last uh, in the last minute of a game. Uh, I just think it'd be a lot more interesting. And and, and I, I don't want all the kickers out there to get mad at me for saying this, but I, I just I just think the other part of football is so much more I, I just think it's a lot more interesting than kicking extra points and field goals. Um, I know it is exciting at the end of the game when somebody has to make a field goal to win, but uh, I just think it'd be a lot more interesting to go for two and, and go for it on fourth down, um, you know, than, than kicking, kicking field goals and extra points. PT, the last question we ask all of our guests here on the Fiesta Bowl Football Focus podcast is, what was your most memorable uh, Fiesta Bowl? It could be one of the two games that you played in at Florida State, or one that you experienced as a fan. Well, I'm going to go with uh, I'm going to go with two games that Florida State was uh, uh, played in that uh, I didn't get to play, but uh, that were uh, that were real important games. Uh, the first one was in uh, 1988 Fiesta Bowl when I was on the sideline and. Uh, Danny McManus threw a, a touchdown pass on fourth and 18 to come back and, and beat Nebraska. That was a, you know, really an outstanding memory and a, and a huge win for the, 
for the Florida State program at that time as we were, you know, building it up to, to what it became. Uh, but it just, you know, what a pressure play. I mean, everybody was into it. It was just a tremendous throw by Danny and a uh, great catch by Ronald Lewis and ended up being a touchdown. So it was a big play. And then kind of on the opposite end of the, of the spectrum, uh, I don't want to say it's my favorite, but it's my one of my most memorable would be uh, I was uh, doing the radio. Uh, I was a radio analyst for Florida State football and uh, Tennessee beat beat Florida State in the, um, uh, I believe it was the 1999 Fiesta Bowl. So that was uh, kind of bittersweet, a good one and a bad one. But, uh, you know, our quarterback, Chris Winkie, got hurt a couple of games before. And, uh, you know, Tennessee had a great team and, and they were able to beat us. So I'd have to see, say those were my uh, two favorite uh, memories other than the game I played in. Well, I certainly remember the 1999 game. That was the first ever Fiesta Bowl I attended in person uh, down there at Sun Devil Stadium, and it was a magnificent atmosphere uh, throughout the weekend on Mill Avenue and, and certainly in the stadium, although the result maybe didn't go your way. It was a, a very memorable game. Well, PT, thank you very much for joining us today. Really enjoyed the conversation and the, the trip down memory lane and really to learn about what you're up to today uh, back in the Florida area. So thank you for your time and for your conversation. Well, thanks for having me, and I'd just like to say to all the people, uh, you know, I had such a great time at the Fiesta Bowl, not just my my uh, my senior year, but the, my uh, uh, two years prior to that, we had a, a great time, and uh, the hospitality was unbelievable, and it's always one of my very favorite uh, bowls to watch every year.